I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery. Now take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go, and let your past go. Now take a moment. To plug into the greater energy of the universe, feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest. Thank you for your feedback about the last two episodes、uh, relating to、uh, your beliefs create your reality, and I did. Try to virtually、uh, bring you to experience a transcendence. Now, some of you wrote me saying that you did experience that, which is great. And a few of you、um, are not too sure about what you have experienced. And one of them asked me, "How do you know whether you are aware? You notice you are aware." That means when you pay attention. When I mentioned in the、um, podcast, I asked you, "Are you aware right now? Are you aware?" 
And if your answer is yes, that means notice what you are noticing. Awareness is like, what, what are you noticing right at this moment? And if you are noticing, then you are aware. And then I asked you to shift your awareness to the you who is aware. So that means shift your attention to the one that is paying the attention, that is aware. And what you feel at that moment is the presence, your essence. In a way, it is like you are the observer of yourself. Does it make sense? In other words, your true self, your essence, your higher intelligence is the one that is observing. That's why we say you are a spiritual being having human experience. So I hope I clarified that for you a little bit. And if you have further questions, please feel free to email me. Now, today, I'm going to talk about stonewalling. Way back uh, in January of last year, 2021, I did an episode on Dr. Uh, John Gottman's uh, Four Horsemen. And then the following uh, episode in February, I did the antidote to uh, John Gottman's Four Horsemen. Interestingly enough, episode 22, uh, John Gottman's Four Horsemen, is still one of the uh, most popular uh, episodes. However, the antidotes to John Gottman's Four Horsemen it's not. So I find it interesting why less people wish to know the antidotes to John Gottman's Four Horsemen. Hmm. Couldn't figure that one out. Anyways, I recently received uh, some emails asking me to expand on one of the horsemen, uh, which is stonewalling. So that's exactly what I'm going to do because it's been a while, more than a year, and it's time to review and revisit. Maybe it's a good idea to uh, review some ways to deal with stonewalling and uh, passive aggression. Now, the definition of stonewalling is a behavior intended is to delay or obstruct by refusing to answer questions or by being evasive. So stonewalling is so harmful to relationships that well-known relationship therapist and researcher John Gottman calls it one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So I cover that in episode 22. Uh, while the other three are, if you still remember, criticism, defensiveness, and contempt. Everybody has experienced or performed one or more of the four horsemen at some point. So we are all guilty of it. So while it is difficult to deal with a stonewalling person regularly, it is harmful to yourself as well to stonewall. However, we can offer hope for improvement from both sides of the coin. Now, typical stonewalling behavior. A person can stonewall in the following ways. 
Someone who keeps quiet when addressed remains unresponsive despite inquiries, or replies with terse, single-word responses, or someone tunes out, pretends not to hear or listen. Someone who turns or walks away from the speaker when addressed, pretends the other person is invisible. Or not present. A person can act busy, always on the move, or too occupied to engage in conversation. Or a person, when criticized, or maybe a genuine critique, even in peaceful conversation, changes the topic midway to something unrelated. Or a person can change the topic to the speaker's perceived shortcomings or faults. So why do some people use stonewalling in a relationship? It doesn't make sense, right? When a person stonewalls, the assumption is often made that they are angry, rude, irresponsible, childish. Or simply disinterested in relating to others or the world. Now, this might be true for some, but this type of defensive behavior is often nuanced and multifaceted. I recently read in an article by William Drake, and is medically reviewed by Dr. Sonia Bruner, a psych D. Exactly on the topic that I'm sharing with you, stonewalling ways to deal with stonewalling and passive aggression. In that article, they mentioned research has shown that men are more likely to stonewall in relationships than women. I cannot say I agree, and not anymore. I don't think the reasons for stonewalling may be various and often not nefarious at all. Yes, that I agree because stonewalling can be a coping mechanism and a way of disappearing into a person's metaphorical quote-unquote man cave. Now, this space may offer them much-needed inner, sometimes outer, solitude to deal with crises that overwhelm emotionally. I have seen both men and women do that. Unable to express or differently process how they feel, they prefer to simply vanish, so to speak, emotionally when uncomfortable. Now, solitude can be healthy in the short term. Prolonged stonewalling is not. It's definitely not a good relationship strategy. And of course, like I mentioned. Women are not exempt from stonewalling behavior due to being overwhelmed, but this behavior tends to be more common in men. Says the article. Now, when a person defers too easily to stonewalling as a coping mechanism, it amounts to denying emotions the gentle space they deserve. That is not healthy. They just need to be felt. Suppressed feelings tend to behave like vampires, unless one can confront the beast and drive a stake through its heart. 
it is likely to rise again, usually more intense than before. According to William Drake, he says the link between depression, physical illness, and emotional dysregulation is a solid one, and I agree with him absolutely. Unfortunately, there is another toxic motive behind stonewalling in relationship, and that is aggressive manipulation. This is definitely the most toxic motive of all. In its more innocent form, it is an avoidance technique implemented in order not to deal with problems or situations. But the aggressive stonewaller favors their preferences in the relationship, and uses stonewalling behavior to have their way. These traits in themselves are detrimental, selfish, immature, and I dare say. Narcissistic. Needless to say, not good for relating. As a matter of fact, this type of stonewalling is often abusive. Now, if a spouse or partner persists with stonewalling, despite all the efforts of the other partner to draw them out, it could be that the stonewaller has something to hide. It could be as nefarious as an extramarital affair or a crime. Or it could be the loss of a job, or a failure to manage an addiction to food, video games, nicotine, gambling, etc. The withdrawal from the relationship may indicate anything from feeling shame to wanting to end the relationship. There are many possibilities, so we are unable to cover them all here. For why a partner may stonewall and what their motives are. To be honest, in extreme cases, the reason behind manipulating others in this manner may be a disorder such as borderline personality disorder, narcissism, or sociopathy. Other factors suggest manipulative stonewalling, such as when a person denies, despite evidence to the contrary. That their stonewalling is abusive, belittling to others, invalidating of others' observations and feelings, rationalizing abuse. Now, relationships are a two-way street, my audience. If one person persistently withdraws from the relationship, it just cannot survive. So when a person stonewalls, they display the need to disengage. This psychological removal from relationships and situations can result in dire fallout. If left unaddressed, stonewalling is likely to cause severe marital distress, conflict, and disruption. Now, in the article,、uh, Drake said that studies have. Convincingly linked these upheavals in marriages to depression, poor social competence, withdrawal, health problems, and poor academic performance in their children. Now, in women, these types of upheaval are proven to cause illness, and in men, they tend to cause loneliness. The destabilizing effect of divorce, a likely outcome of severe and persistent stonewalling, needs no elaboration.
What about in the workplace? Now, stonewalling can have the same catastrophic effect on relationships at work, which will eventually affect work performance. Strained relationships can result in loss of personnel, with financial losses for the employer. If the stonewaller is in a managerial position, this behavior is likely to poison everyone who works under them. It is a truly disempowering way to conduct relationships. At this time, I would suggest my audience to assess, to self-assess whether you are a stonewaller. If you use stonewalling as a defense mechanism, or whatever motives, I want you to know that your stonewalling behavior is likely to have a variety of effects on others. It is horrible for any relationship, romantic or otherwise. Here are some red flags that identify stonewalling behavior: feelings of abandonment. Now, a stonewaller will give their partners feelings of abandonment. This can be a devastating emotion to deal with, especially for a partner or spouse, and the effect will show in the relationship. Marriage is a transactional agreement to partner with someone, right? And so your disengagement demonstrates that you are no longer available for or interested in the partnership, no matter what your true motivations are. Now. If you are stonewalling in the workplace, your colleagues will probably feel that you are punishing them for undisclosed errors or misconduct, that you are upset with them. So this could affect their confidence levels and eventually their work performance. Don't expect positive outcomes from shutting coworkers off. This is true for other relationships, including partners, friends, relatives, and children. When you stonewall, they may feel as though they are at fault. It can be incredibly harmful and confusing for those around you. A person who persistently stonewalls removes the oxygen from relationships. This is likely to make others feel very helpless and incompetent. Besides, whoever is being stonewalled is likely to progress to secondary feelings of fear, anger. And aggression to engage you again, their internal response will probably be, "Well, she doesn't care," or "He doesn't love me anymore." This could give rise to increasingly desperate attempts to break through to you with escalating aggression. Now, my audience, if you are able to recognize this behavior in yourself, then I want to congratulate you. It speaks. Of emotional maturity on your part, truly accepting that one needs to change for the sake of better relationships is one of the hardest psychological milestones to achieve. Now, for you to fully understanding how your stonewalling is affecting others could go a long way towards building your empathy muscles as well. It can also help to prompt change and the discovery of different relationship strategies. So, my audience, let me end this episode by suggesting that you engage to the best of your ability and express your desire to engage. 
If this is very difficult for you and your partner, consider couples counseling, or even personal counseling, or inner hurt child healing. Learning how to face and deal with difficult emotions will be a hard, but I promise you, it will be a rewarding journey to embark on. You definitely will not regret making that choice. So until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now. Find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com.